Now with Bobby Rossi, Rush and Lars Larson, only on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, 637 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's a Pensacola. Oh, you got to put it back up to get to the good part. It's my fault. I shouldn't have been talking. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Yesterday, I was out at the base at uh, Sherman Field and AS Pensacola uh, talking to the Blue Angels uh, for the homecoming air show. And there will be a moment in this interview. I did most all the interview, but then... Um, Tristan with Channel 3 was also doing it with me, and uh, he asked a question, so I kept it in there so you'd understand the answer that uh, Boss Kesselring was given. But here you go. All right, so we're here with now Captain Ryan Kesselring, uh, commanding officer of the United States Navy uh, Flight Demonstration Squadron. What do you think about having that uh, uh, World War II plane in the background? Pretty cool, huh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely inspired. I remember coming to air shows when I was a young kid and in all the aircraft, you know, all the World War II birds, the Vietnam era. I remember seeing the F-4 Phantoms and certainly 1986. I remember the Blue Angel uh, A-4s rolling to my hometown, flown by then a North Dakota native, uh, Boss Gil Rude, and kind of having my mind blown about this whole (laughs) naval aviation thing. So uh, it brings back memories here in that old uh, radial uh, zip past. Well, let's start with the hard part first. This is it for you. It is. How are you feeling? Well, I'll tell you what, it's bittersweet. You know, uh, my dream back in 86 was to join naval aviation and be part of it. I've had been so blessed to fly for the Navy for 22 years. Uh, but this this tour is something special, right? Uh, it's an inspired, it inspired me, uh, inspired a lot of folks around uh, uh, around the, around the country to join the join the Navy or Marine Corps, just do something better in their own in their own daily lives. But uh, it's been great. You know, the fantastic thing about it is uh, it's cool. To fly demonstrations and, and these uh, fast jets are beautifully uh, painted back here and represent our services. But it's even cooler to, to uh, uh, work with these teammates. Uh, no doubt about it. We've got 141 personnel who are supremely qualified and dedicated to this team. And that's going to be the toughest thing uh, that I'll miss is uh, really having that second Blue Angel family. You know, um, one of the big news notes for this year is for the first time ever, you've got Lieutenant Amanda Lee uh, coming on board as the first jet pilot, not the first female, but the yeah. first female jet pilot in the demonstration squadron. Uh, thoughts about that? Oh, it's fantastic. We're proud of her. I'm shoot. I was her old CEO back in VFA 81 out in the in the Sunliners in Virginia Beach, and I was really, uh, really proud when she got the nod from the entire team that she, uh, she was the right person to fit. You know, one of the cool things about our military, one of the cool things about this team is we're a meritocracy. You do your job, you do it well, you're going to come here and serve. We've got first-generation immigrants. Um, I, uh, uh, for, as a matter of fact, I've got a, uh, a first-generation uh, uh, crew chief, uh, Kevin Hill, from Jamaica, who made his circuitously made his way here. And here we are, some kid from North Dakota. We've got our front ma'am uh, over there, uh, hard-working uh, first-class petty officer female. We've got my uh, first-generation immigrant uh, uh, crew chief, and that's, that's our team. Like, you do well, you can be on the Blue Angels, you know? Did you feel at all, and I know people ask this, did you feel at all like there was any pressure to go in that direction and sort of get past that check mark to get a female on the, on the team? 
team or was it just this is what happens if she's the best one and you knew her from before that's what it comes down to I and mean, this uh, there's no uh, this is an unforgiving business and the right people having the right skill sets uh, both on the ground and in the air is absolutely critical so we didn't you know and in our for our team just like you mentioned I had four female officers in my team last year hold know? on just a second we got some steering going on overhead <laughs> yeah makes me want to look at that is that cool or what I love it oh man I love the history of all of naval aviation yeah. in one place like this yeah right they're even sporting your colors absolutely or maybe absolutely. it's the other way around <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got it you got it so you were saying yeah, no, it's a, it, one of the beautiful things about this team is that you're qualified at your job, you're qualified at, uh, you're, you can make it. You know, it doesn't matter what your background is, what you look like, uh, what your beliefs is, you buy into the Navy Corps values, you're willing to do your job and sacrifice for your brothers and sisters in arms and represent your service, you can be on the team. Absolutely. Now, uh, you're in kind of an interesting position because you got to be here for the first year of your tour was in the Legacy Hornets, uh, and then, of course, now we're flying the Super Hornets, and unfortunately, in between, there was a bit of a Pause, there was uh, for reasons way outside of your control. There was, but uh, your thoughts about the transition to the new platform now that you've been flying it? What uh, two years, right? I have. It's fantastic, and I, you know, uh, I'm going to go back to that year that we won't speak of, but we will. <laughs> 2020, a pandemic. We certainly had uh, some challenges in there. Uh, I don't forget the eight uh, hurricanes that were in the Gulf. Uh, Hurricane Sally that hit us. Uh, the fact that we were practicing five to seven times over us, which is a lot more than we normally do. The support of the base, the support of uh, the entire community. We don't forget. That that we don't forget that and that ability for us to do that is what allowed us to have a safe and successful transition to the super Arm. now getting to your question uh super Arm is awesome it's 33 percent bigger it's got more thrust who can deny that it's got a whole lot more uh, modern avionics. It's got more redundancy in its flight controls. All that stuff that's uh, modern makes it safer. And it, frankly, it's just a more entertaining aircraft. Uh, it's got some intricacies. It's cool, uh, different to fly, but we figured it out, and that was uh, kind of fun to do. Yeah, little little things you had to learn that the uh, the plane wants you to do one thing because it's geared for combat, and yeah. here you are trying to do these maneuvers, and you got to kind of teach the plane to do what you want it to do, right? Absolutely. We have to learn it, and just like every other transition team before us, you know, Going back to that uh, first team I saw in 1986, they transitioned to the Hornet in uh, 1987. So uh, we reached back to every jet transition that ever happened and tried to grab, grab their lessons learned as well. I think you also, if I remember my timeline right, you were also here to oversee the uh, switch over to the new Fat Albert. The J model acquired for a while. The team was running without yeah. a Fat Albert. Very, uh, very difficult to deal with from a logistical point of view. Uh, the new J seems pretty sweet. How's that all going? It is fantastic. Uh, the one thing about logistics is you don't know how much you appreciate it until you don't have it and have to beg borrow for it. So uh, when we got Fat Albert here, one, it's a wonderful aircraft, completely refurbished uh, uh, and a beautiful paint job, I, you know, hope folks come out and take a look at it. Uh, it's actually got more thrust uh, as is right now with just those new engines and props than the other uh, the other T model had with a jet assisted takeoff assist. So uh, come on out, take a look at that thing. It's a wonderful aircraft and it's a billboard for our other part of our team, which is the United States Marine Corps. Yeah, could you uh, maybe talk a little bit about that? Blue Angel is one of these unique squadrons where you always have a Marine in the jets. You have the Marines fly Fat Albert. Uh, it's kind of an integra integrated squadron like that. Uh, 
how has that been from an interdisciplinary perspective for you going back to the fleet or going back to your next command? Well, I have a, I have a two-service household. My wife's active duty Marine, so uh, <laughs> and my household is, is the same. So it wasn't much difference for me. But that being said, it's awesome. You know, we're our naval forces. We deploy together. We're hand-in-hand supporting each other overseas, everything that we do. And for, to get the American public to see uh, both the Navy and Marine Corps working together hand-in-hand is something that uh, I think is cool. It's indicative of what we're doing out there all over the world right now. How is she handling the transition to what's next? Well, we're headed over. We were blessed to both uh, get uh, tours over in Iwakuni, Japan. I'll go over take over an air wing here next summer, and we're excited. Uh, you know, I leave a dream job for another dream job, and to be able to go ahead and continue serving our country and fly off that 100,000-ton uh, 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 piece of uh, steel uh, American diplomacy called the aircraft carrier is something I'm blessed and honored to do uh, and continue to do. Is there any party that's been missing night landings? Uh, I miss the day ones, you know, the night ones, maybe not so much. So final thoughts here in Pensacola. You know, your family's been here a couple of years and they've put down roots, I'm sure, and the, the kids have made friends and now we're going to make another transition to a place where they know English, but it's not their first language. Right. Uh, how's everybody thinking about the new, the new change? Well, it's an adventure. Being in the military is an adventure and uh, we don't give enough credit to, to those other people who serve and that's our military spouses. And I, I can't thank her enough. I can't thank all the spouses on this team enough. I mean, we're gone upwards of 300 days a year. Going back to our community, we're going to miss this community. Uh, I can't tell you how absolutely phenomenal support that we've had uh, for our families. I mean, heck, I can remember back to November of 2000 when I came down here for OCS and the open arms that I got from the community as just an officer candidate back when we had an officer candidate school down here. And uh, uh, it is definitely a second home for me, second home for my family. It's been tough Sorry, so we just want to pause there for a second, talking to uh, Brian Castlerain, the uh, commanding officer for the Blue Angels yesterday. We want to get a quick traffic break in here before we finish out the interview. Candy Color has traffic on the fives. All right, this is a fatality. Uh, we found out at Nine Mile in Guidy Lane. Now, there is a roadblock. They're rerouting you. Uh, westbound traffic on East Nine Mile near Hillcrest Church being rerouted onto Guidy Lane. Traffic on the Fives is brought to you by Staples Stores, and Staples Stores are a new world of possible with innovative tools for small business and remote workers and learners. Explore more at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Traffic tips, you can text us, 437-1620. Candy Cullerton, News Radio 92.3. Thanks so much, Candy. Now, back to uh, Captain Brian Kesselring yesterday. So, I know the team gets a lot of attention for the flight demonstration, but uh, so much of what you guys do is off the flight line, off of the planes, working in communities, meeting people, inspiring kids. Kids. How much are you going to miss that compared to just the flying? Uh, that is uh, above and beyond. That's my that's my favorite thing about the job. In fact, I always tell folks Fridays are my favorite day, and that's typically the day that we get a chance to go out uh, and interact after our practice, our last practice. A little bit different. This will be today uh, here on a Thursday, but normally on a Friday we interact with uh, you know our EFM program for the for the military special needs uh, kids, Make a Wish Foundations. We get a chance to do that, and that is when one thing has recalibrated my life every week. Uh, what's uh, important, and to see some truly amazing people who are out there volunteering to help those kids, and to be a part of that is uh, something that is truly special, and one thing I'm going to miss immensely. You know, one of the things that was really special for us was the thing that we called Operation America Strong back in 2020, and you know, we think that you know the, the feedback we've gotten on the team is uh, so many people were were influenced like that, and to be able to do our part during the pandemic with a few jets just to raise some spirits, the essential personnel, medical professionals that were out there on the front lines uh, for us as you know in the country uh, was something that uh, was pretty cool for us and something that, uh, that we thought was pretty cool. So, did 
did you have a favorite flyover that you can remember? Was there one monument location that you remember the most? Gosh, I mean, every city has its own things, own challenges. You know, I think uh, it was cool to fly over Mount Rushmore. We did that in that Salute to America. That's just a, an iconic thing to go up there. Uh, but flying over New York City, flying over the USS Constitution, over Boston, I think going over there and specifically the new, probably the New York flyover, which was our joint flyover, the big joint flyover that we did in New York, New York City, New York, uh, Newark, Philadelphia, and just getting support. They just shut down the airspace. And people looked at the skies. We had a moment. Uh, back in 2020 with us flying over saying we can get through this and that was uh, probably uh, one of those moments we had I think that uh, was truly special but you've, you've loved these guys for years and now you're, you're leaving what uh, words have you given to the next guy boy you know uh I think it's a continued mentorship. One of the cool things about this, it's not just one quick uh, binder for a pass down. It's it's really a lifelong, hey, he's joining our family. Welcome to the family. I'm always here. Uh, we've been talking for, for months after his selection in April of how I got through it. But every team has different challenges, uh, has a different set of circumstances they go through. And one of the things I've leaned on throughout my entire time is the network of former bosses and former Blue Angels. It's uh, it, it truly is a fraternity or a family, have you, and, I've, and I've reached back. Uh, I've, I've sent emails off as, as uh, early, I guess, as, uh, you know, yesterday uh, to former bosses asking about, you know, a couple things. And so it's a continued relationship that goes on really for life uh, and beyond this tour. Any uh, last words as we're now, what, two days away from you uh, getting your name scrubbed off of the jet at the front gate and off of this jet and moving it on to the next boss? Any final words for Pensacola? No, I mean, just thank you to the community. We're looking forward to spending maybe a couple more months here before we make our final move. But uh, thanks again for the support. Thank you to this base. And certainly thank you to my teammates for putting together a fantastic tour and uh, couldn't have done anything without them. So I'm uh, supremely uh, honored to be able to have this job and, and continue to move on. Well, as always, Captain, congratulations on the promotion. Thank you so much for the time, as always, and uh, have a great couple of shows. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, it's always weird when I do these, like, last interviews with some of these guys and they transition off because I've known him for a couple of years and interviewed them several times, and he's a, just genuinely really good guy. Um, but, no, we, we appreciate that. And then I get to meet a whole new group of people <laughs> every great, single time. Great yeah. interview. Oh, man. As your I'm, producer, though, you couldn't have found somewhere quieter to do yeah. <laughs> They, so we'd never done it on the flight line before, oh. and they took us out there, and they're like, "There's going to be some background noise." I'm like, "Okay, there's going to be some." Holy smokes, man! How cool! And I, man, I mean, I had a mic like in basically attached to his upper lip, like it was right <laughs> up there, and you know, still, that's you know, we still got a lot of that background noise. Six fifty one here on.